Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 348, covering the Zindi and Anomaly. Hello, friends. It's time for yet another season of Enterprise. Yes, we're back. While to you, nothing, no uh, time has passed at all since our last uh, show, for us it's been like two damn weeks. Uh, well, I would say it feels more like an eternity, but that's oh, because my God. we watched two episodes of Enterprise. I turned on the Enterprise the other day and just like, oh... Right. Well, the the this. first the first thing we should address, and I'm not stepping on. I'm I'm skimming your your uh, summary real quick because I don't want to. I don't want to step on. No, you didn't mention it. Mm. Uh, the, the theme song has changed. Oh God, yeah. The theme song, the the one already wonderful Enterprise theme song that everyone agrees is the best song ever written. Oh, th- th- there's nothing they could do to improve it. Well, and except, yet they found but a way. they found a way. Like more jangly guitar, please. Yeah, you. Yeah. This rock's too hard. Can we make it the unplugged version, but not too unplugged? This is good, but what if we had a children's entertainer in a Hawaiian shirt playing <laughs> a vaguely sing-songy guitar jangle underneath it? I mean, Can we get Raffi? What's Raffi doing? I mean, it sucks, but I bet it could suck worse. What, what can we do? What, mm-hmm. let, no bad ideas. We're just brainstorming here. What do we got? <laughs> Ugh. It, it it's fucking bad, man. It's like real, real bad. I I knew I knew it was coming when I watched it, and yet like it it's been a long time. Bang a dang a dang a danger. Yeah, and I really think like they were trying. Like it feels like okay, two seasons have gone by. The internet's around now, so they can hear direct input from the fans. Mm-hmm. They know the song sucks. Yep. So they're like, okay, we season three, we're gonna fix this, and this <laughs> is what they did. Did you like it, guys? Huh? Huh? Oh, boy. Do we do a good job? Oh, you poor baby. Just no. Yeah. Maybe stay off message boards forever. <laughs> news also, groups. I think news groups were probably still a thing. Also, this is the official beginning of Star Trek Enterprise. Oh, is it? I didn't notice. I believe that it is. They're finally um, no longer ashamed to call themselves Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, okay. The version we have might have just had Star Trek in it. I don't honestly remember. But according to Memory Alpha, this is when it became Star Trek Enterprise. And I just imagined a bunch of people watching it. Just What the fuck? Star Trek? I've been watching Star Trek for two years? Fuck yeah. this show. Yeah. This is bait and switch. They tricked me. Uh-huh. Ugh. It's... Uh, you notice the thing you... afterwards where it's like Star Trek created by Gene Roddenberry, right? I thought that was just a fun fact that I needed to know. <laughs> You know, like before a movie, when they ask you questions about uh, ice-cold refreshments and Tom Hanks. Exactly. Ah, Star Trek created by Gene Roddenberry. Good to know. know Yeah. Well, those of you who said uh, we will like season three better, uh, I I think you were wrong. Mm. I mean, we're only two in, but... If this is the direction, then this, and this like and this is the direction of the season, like our yeah. uh, from what I can tell, our entire season is an adventure to kill the Zindi. Yeah. Well, let, let's let's kick it off. Why don't you tell us what happens in the episode that's called the Zindi? All right. So last time you'll remember, Enterprise was headed into the Expanse to track down the Zindi, who had just circumcised Florida from the rest of the U.S. <laughs> now the problem here is that nobody knows where exactly the Zindi are. So Archer takes the ship to some shitty mining planet that might have a Zindi that they can talk to. The disgusting, choking mine owner says that he's willing to let them ta- talk to his Zindi if they can provide him with some platinum, and then. Get ready for this incredible surprise. Betrays them. So now it's another fucking jailbreak episode as Archer, Trip, and their new Zindi companion attempt to escape and are then instantly captured. Luckily, they're saved by Enterprise's new team of space marines that they have now. And the Zindi guy gives Archer the coordinates to his planet with his dying breath. Oh, yeah, he dies, by the way. Uh, upon arriving at the Zindi planet, they find it completely exploded. So all that foolishness was certainly worth the 40 minutes I watched it for. Elsewhere, Flox tricks Trip, this is not difficult, into getting a massage from T'Pol. It is dumb. Let's be clear, an erotic massage. Yeah, an erotic massage. So let's launch right into this. Trip's not being able to sleep because his sister's probably dead. Because he's PTSD, which, uh, yeah. okay, that's, our, that's, that's realistic-ish. This is, this is the direction we're taking with... 
honestly the reason I can watch this show most. Yeah, your favorite character. Yeah. Like, they decided to take this weird dark turn with the friendliest, most, like, upbeat character on the show. Guys, there's too much levity in this show. Can we take the goofy guy and make him serious, please? Like, I mean, I don't want to, I don't think he's the comic relief, but he provides comic relief in a show that desperately needs it. He's not the comic relief in the sense that Neelix was. He's comic relief in the sense that Bones was. Yeah, exactly. Like, funny, but still a real person that exists. And now he's just plagued by revenge and, like, just, like, this representation of just, like, just like Archer has to be like diplomatic about hating the Zindi, but Trip can just uh, fuck those guys. They killed my sister and the state I live in, and probably a whole shit ton of catfish. Yeah, you got to do the voice. Cap, they killed my sister, my state, and a whole bunch of catfish, Captain. I can't let got- that shit stand. Sorry, sorry, a little more direction here. Uh, you got the accent now, but you got to make him gravelly because now he's dark. Trip. Oh, that's right. He's he's dark. He's I'm dark. I'm buy you. I like catfish. Now listen, you youngsters best stay away from that place out there. I ain't shaved in three days, I don't sleep no more, and I'm gonna murder me some Zindi. You wanna go out to that place on the bayou, and you're gonna find yourselves in a heap neck of trouble, boy. Mm-hmm. Reckon you I eyeball- like them french fried potatoes. You you eyeballing me, son? Yeah, that's basically what Trip has turned into. He's gro- he, he can't grow a beard, so he's grown a giant mustache. <laughs> like the neighbor in office space. Yeah, exactly. Two chicks at the same time, man. You know, the nice thing about high schoolers is they keep getting, I, I keep getting older, they stay the same age. No, 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 that's Matthew McConaughey. That is definitely not a dark character. That guy always plays cool dudes. Okay, but what if it was Matthew McConaughey in, uh, in True Detective? Oh, right, okay. Well, I, I, I'm a nihilist, except now I found God and everything's great. <laughs> Captain, time's a flat circle. <laughs> now bring me eight more beers. <laughs> you guys remember True Detective? Yeah. Everyone was real into it for like a season. I was into it for two thirds of a season and then I thought they ruined the only good thing about it. But uh, like- speaking speaking of ruining the only good thing about it, uh huh, that's what this show is doing. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, nice and that's not even either of our bad things. It's just no, a bad thing we both agree on. This is just a thing that chipped my ass this week. I mean, that's that is one of the things the bad thing is for. But you had a different one. I did. Um, to Paul, and this leads into a larger uh, issue. Mm-hmm. But um, to Paul, I'm sure that if you asked, uh, Enterprise would provide you with a pair of pajamas that actually fits. Yeah, she's no longer wearing the skin tight y- uniform. She's going Vulcan back and forth. She's going back and forth between, like, a weird, like, Flash Gordon-esque jumpsuit and Kira cosplay, as far as I can tell. Well, she's got two new outfits, both of which I would like if they weren't skin tight and slit down to the to her belly button. Yeah. Otherwise, I like the cut and color of both of them. Mm-hmm. But th- that part, where she's just got to show off her tits because that's what Vulcans do, I guess? I mean, I looked on Memory Alpha, and this is her civilian clothing, so, like, she All chose right. these, th- these, uh... Whatever the fuck they are. Or that's the only thing she packed. Oh, that's possible. Which, you know, is unfortunate, but... uh, Is she doing a Lisa Simpson thing where she didn't pack anything so she could reinvent herself as, like, a 90s Gen X kid? I guess. I mean, Trip is already upset about Lord Cyanife murdering his wife, (laughs) so we might as well put her in, like, the worst X-Men outfit from the 90s, too. Yeah, that's that checks out. I, I could I could tell you were going through your your knowledge of X Men. Like, are there worse X Men outfits? No, uh, there definitely it. are. But uh, yeah, fair enough. Especially I mean, from the nineties. Good lord, she had feet that you could tell were feet. Uh huh. So that's something. well, they weren't hidden behind a rock or right. another X Men for one thing. And there weren't a lot of pouches. Yeah, no, it is is terrible. And the thing is, I don't mind that she's in different outfits because it makes sense. She quit. Mm-hmm. I just wish, why do you got to sexualize her all the time, all yeah. the time? And and then there's the, the sexy rubdown bit. Oh, God. Okay. So again, we were talking about this briefly. So Tripp's PTSD, mm-hmm. a word I can, a, a word I recently learned I can never pronounce correctly on the first try. It always comes out as PSAT or something. <laughs> all right. Um. So Tripp's PTSD. Yeah. Uh, is bugging him, and the uh, the uh, flocks can't keep giving him meds because it's bad for him. Yeah. Um. 
so he's like, let's try a, uh, you know, let's try some traditional Vulcan. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess there's therapy. a thing. It's like a nerve pinch, only it's more of a like a, a massage. Like, but mm. it's the same principle. They they which, have like there are contact points on your body they can do to to relax you rather than knocking you out. Which actually isn't a bad extrapolation from the Vulcan nerve pinch. No, no, it fits with everything we know about them. Mm. But so he basically lies to Trip. Mm-hmm. As here, drop this off at T'Pol's, uh, I'm going to say apartment. <laughs> but then he also lies to T'Pol and says, yeah, Trip was going to come down here voluntarily asking for a massage. And he doesn't want it and she doesn't want it. And yeah. somehow they're forced together into what they say out loud is a very intimate thing. It's not us reading into it. Uh, it mm-hmm. During the supplemental, people wrote in and said, maybe we're reading too much into things. No, they said it out loud. Yeah. And she takes off her top. And yeah, it's. It's so obviously sexualized, you cannot read it any other way. It, like, in my head, it's like Phlox is actively trying to get these two together in the weirdest way possible. Well, he has said before, uh, I, well, no, actually, she said, never mind, that mm. humans need to fuck so they can calm down a little bit. Yeah. Um, and maybe he thinks that, too. Maybe it's I- like. You'll be less angry if you bone it out. And maybe that's true. If he met someone and and they decided to have sex voluntarily and weren't sure. forced together by a doctor. Just <sighs> is weird. And I usually it's, trust Fox to not be that guy. Yeah, it's super out of character for him. I thought so. Like as a guy who like one we've learned isn't really into sex like you know his species is well no not... he's just not very aggressive he's into yeah. sex he's well, just yes. very he's he's the the um submissive one yeah yeah but and also you know n- seems to know humans pretty well yeah at this point like it seems very like well let's see what happens if like let's see what happens if i put these two together for no reason yeah is it some kind of weird experiment maybe yeah i don't know that seems very like not this flocks. Yeah. No, it, it, was, it was very disappointing to me. Yeah. Um what else? Ugh. I want to I want to talk about the things that happen with the uh with the crew before we go on because most of what I think we have to talk about is about the rest of it. Yeah. So what other changes have there been really? Oh, there's there's Marines. You mentioned that. Yeah, we have Marines and they're led by some lead Marine who I'm sure this guy's going to die in the first fucking Maybe Half one of one of them either... was da- one of them was Daniel Day Kim, who I quite like. Oh, okay. Hopefully oh, fuck, I know him. Well. He's that dude from uh, Angel and everything else. Yeah, he was in Lost, which I know you haven't seen, but uh, he was in a particularly good episode of Voyager. Like he's mm-hmm. been in a lot of stuff. I, he was in Hawaii Five O until that show had an issue with the way it treated its Asian uh, cast members, and he quit. Yeah, I heard about that. But he was on Hawaii Five O for like four or five seasons or something. I think it was the lead on Hawaii Five O. Yeah, it was him and Grace Park who was in. Uh, um, Battlestar Galactica. Yes. And they both quit because that show was shitty to them. But mm. uh, but people might know him from that because he was in it for quite some time. Yeah, the dude's been in every... Like, you've seen this dude. He's in everything. Yeah. yeah, and I was excited to see him. He didn't have much to do here, but I think at this point he was a big enough guest star that if they introduced him, he'll probably be back. So mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. But the rest yeah. of them, I have no idea. What do you think about them having, like, Marines on the ship now? I think... I, I could be wrong, and some nerd's going to write in and correct me, and in this case, all right, fine. But it feels like because Starfleet's not exactly the Starfleet we know yet, mm. I think this is a step toward, like, there hasn't been any military. Yeah. And this There's kind Malcolm's of, guys, basically. Yeah, there's a security team. But yeah. sometimes Starfleet has military in, in the other eras, and I think this is kind of a, eventually these two things will combine into, like, Kirk's version of it. Yeah. Because there aren't a lot of, like, soldier types. I mean, they are technically in the military. They do have rank, and they mm. do occasionally have to use phasers or whatever. But I think this is, like, moving toward combining the exploration and the and the, the, the fighting guys. Yeah. So no, it doesn't really bother me in this context. I don't think they should have them always, but, you know. I would like... Um, I think if you're going to do this, I think it's important to make the leader of the guys part of the crew. Like, you're bringing yeah. in a new main character, and it really didn't feel like that to me. No, and and they set up the inevitable conflict between him and Malcolm, and that was tiresome, I thought. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, this guy uh, making Malcolm feel shitty about himself. I just, I, Malcolm's already my least favorite one. If you're going to bring someone in to challenge his authority, I'm just going to, like, instantly side with him and want you to get rid of Malcolm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, that's not good conflict, because Malcolm sucks. He does suck. I hate him. <laughs> yeah. What a terrible character. One. He's still the worst one, although I think Archer's getting worse. 
Uh, yeah. Which we'll talk uh, more about in the next episode. Uh-huh. But it definitely starts here, because he's got oh. his fucking vendetta just, as, like, almost as much as Trip. He's just hiding it a little better. God, could we... Uh, could this show be any more, like, right after 9-11? Yeah, I mean, it was like two years later, but still pretty, pretty fresh. Well, look, we were into like, we were post 9-11 for a while. Yeah, I I mean, we still are. I mean, yes. And I don't mean that in a tech. Well, technically, it happened after. Therefore, no, I mean, people are still voting because of fear of something that happened 16 years ago. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we don't need to get into all that. Yeah, no. But there was some of that in this. There was one of the aliens they were like messing with had his head wrapped in cloth in case we were not getting that this was. Yeah, do you get it? It's real subtle. Yeah, I just uh, just uh. and so much running around and shooting, which is always mm-hmm. our least favorite part of any like Burman era Star Trek. Yeah. Like, they're not very good at it. No. Like, at the running around and shooting phasers and ducking behind a building or a rock or whatever. Yeah. Like, those scenes are almost never exciting. And the thing, like, I know you don't enjoy that stuff, but, like, I can if it's well done, and it I, never is. I can if it's well done. That's right. Yeah. I think in the Abrams movies, it pretty well was. Mm-hmm. More more than it wasn't. There were times I was bored, but mostly I wasn't. But sure. on TV, it's harder to do. And with this particular production team, it seems impossible to do. Yeah. So, I, but also, I think that, it's season three, and I still can't take those fucking phasers seriously. Like, oh, they don't bother me. At all. They could not look more nerf. Uh, I I like them better than the next gen phasers that look like fucking vacuum cleaners. But th- this is just one of those things we disagree on. I mean, like I'm I'm used to those at this point. Like, but they still they, don't look good. They look. They, there's craft to them though, and by that craft, I mean more than one color. Ah, these don't like these me at all. like these fucking phaser guns look like they're from an action figure. Nah, I like if they were purple, they'd look exactly like a playmate's fucking phaser. (laughs) Well, they'd have to have the beam just always coming out of the beam always coming out. Yeah, of course. But I think that about covers what's going on on the ship, because there's a lot going on not on the ship, Mm -hmm. like new aliens, new new places, new new things. Yeah. And that's uh, we'll get into my bad thing first. All right. Uh, Which is that so many of the new things we're introduced to would be interesting and fun. If the show didn't take itself so fucking seriously. Uh-huh. Like, we open on this evil, like, council of fucking, like, the, the you said the Legion of Doom, basically. Yeah, it's basically, it might as well be the, meanwhile, at the Legion of Doom. Yes. Lex Luthor and Solomon Grundy. Yeah, the thing is, it's, okay, the Zindi are five different races, which we're gonna, like, we gradually find out over the course of the story. And that's kind of neat. I like that. It's different than what we've seen before. It's an evil council of, like, bug monsters, fish monsters, lizard monsters, and and a bald guy. But a bald, yeah. Y- you know, it, it would be fun on something that didn't take itself so seriously, a little pulpy like Doctor Who or Star Wars. Mm. But because this is our grim and gritty 9-11 story, we're supposed to take it all with a completely straight face. Like, it, they're pretty interesting ideas that could be fun. And, mm-hmm. like, we were talking about this. The, the Borg... We're not exactly sympathetic, but at least we understood what their deal was. Yeah. The, the Dominion were kind of sympathetic because the, the shapeshifters had been persecuted for so long. Yeah, I mean, they, they, defi- they definitely had a point of view. Like, you, yeah. could, you could see, you know. The Cardassians, the Romulans, all these guys, like, we could kind of, like, we didn't agree with them. And they were sometimes played up a little too comically or whatever. Yeah. But the, mostly we got where they were coming from. These guys are just evil. Yeah. Which it's literally oh. like you're expecting a dude in a cape to stand up, twirl his mustache, and go, "Bring me Archer and the crew of the Enterprise." And they already did that with the Sulaban, first of all. Yeah. But second of all, okay, I'm even willing to say I could I could be on board for this. This could be fun if mm-hmm. it was fun, and it's not. Like these, <sighs> a fucking lizard monster and a fish monster trying to stop the the Enterprise. That could mm-hmm. be great, ridiculous, yeah. stupid, over the top pulp bullshit, but. It's serious. It's deadly serious. And like when you do that, it's just ridiculous, you know? Yeah. I And that's the whole thing. And honestly, like your good thing is another element that came off a bit ridiculous that would have been fun and a fun thing. Oh, yeah. The fucking the, the mine guy. Well, he's like the prison warden or something. Yeah, it turns out the mine's actually a prison who was shocking. Because cause... remember in the original series how everything ended up being a test? Everything in the show ends up being a prison. Uh-huh. Everything. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Anyway, so, like, I love the terrible, diseased bad guy in this show. Like, don't get me wrong. He's garbage. But again, over-the-top fun garbage. 
like the choking, the gross face, the weird gas mask he has to keep taking hits from, and uh-huh. the frequent dips into Christopher Lloyd voice acting are Archer, fucking... you're in my prison. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. all fucking hilarious. He looks like the villain from an early 90s cartoon about fighting pollution. Uh, just say Captain Planet. Uh, no, actually, he looks like the bad guy they put in the Toxic Avenger show. Oh, God. oh, that's right. One of those like ill-conceived cartoons based on an R-rated movie. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Except I fucking love the Toxic Avenger cartoon. I thought that show was hilarious. Oh, I'm not. I I have no idea if it was any good. I'm just saying the concept of it is ill-conceived. Yep. That's whoever really? pitched that was nuts. Who whoever made it might have done a good job. But really, the Toxic Avenger from from the studio well, how who about, brought you Tromeo and Juliet. How about Rambo? How about RoboCop? Like there were a bunch of those. You know, RoboCop had a guy get shot to pieces. Yeah, the whole thing was he was just barely like a brain and an arm, like yep. shoved in a robot, and, and he could kind of remember he was human, and it was horrible and tragic. Yep, kids will love it. And yep. I mean, admittedly, we did. Yeah, I mean, that was just after, you know, when I was the age, I would have enjoyed that, but I would have mm-hmm. if I'd been the right age. Now, kids used to whisper about RoboCop to me because <laughs> you couldn't watch it. Yeah. There was always right. one kid who had watched it, and we were like, oh. See, my um my local a theater guy gets didn't... knocked into toxic waste and melts and then they hit him with a car and he explodes. It was awesome. My my local theater didn't card. That movie came Ooh. out when I was like 11 or 12, I think. Oh man. And I got into Oh no, I was 13. It was 1987, so I would have been 12 or 13. But sure. it was definitely rated R. It wasn't PG-13, but uh, Oh no, no, that movie's a hard R. Yeah, and I got to see that in the theater. Like they didn't Ooh. care. That was great. It was really one of the jealous. best things I did that. I mean, when you're 13 and you see that? Uh-huh. That's like the best thing. Yeah. You're like at Beavis age. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, no, th- this, that guy could have been fun. Mm-hmm. If, again, if the show didn't take itself so fucking seriously, but the they're running look- around in corridors, rescuing prisoners. And, yeah. I'm, I mean, we talked about this, but like, God, how many times have we seen Archer do a goddamn jailbreak? Why do they think that's what we want from Star Trek? Right? Like. Like, of course, hey, in your action-adventure sci-fi show, sometimes you're going to end up in jail. That's just how it happens. But yeah, why do they think fine. that like, should be a main thing? Like, every, look, every Trek has done it. Yeah, but again, it's part of it's part of a sci-fi action-adventure thing. Sure. You're on an alien planet with hostile aliens. Sometimes they're going to throw you in prison. That makes sense. But, but like, it seems like this dude's in there every week. It's like the main thing we complained about in DS9 was, why do you keep going to the Gamma Quadrant? Those guys are going to kill you. Yeah. Uh-huh. In Voyager, it was like, why do you keep stopping when you're trying to go home? And in this show, yep. it's stay out of fucking prison. Yeah, Jesus, man. Just, ah. Uh, well, who, I'm back in prison again. Who thinks that's a good idea? Like, who watching this is like, oh, I hope he goes to prison again. I mean, Rick Berman and uh, Brennan Brown. No, no, I mean, like, in the audience. are on, like, half of these fucking scripts. Oh, yeah, well. I mean, in the audience. Who's watching this and mm-hmm. saying, more of this, please? I feel like if you're not watching it week to week, like you don't cat, you don't maybe like notice that sort of thing. Maybe, but I don't know. People watch TV shows, don't they? I I, I, I don't know. It I don't just, know if people watch TV. I have no proof that other people watch TV shows. No, but you know what I mean? Like if you put out a show, the whole point of it is to get people to watch all the episodes, not just to tune in from time to time. Like your goal is to make them want to tune in next week, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Even if it's not a continuing story, you want to yeah. excite them to, to keep watching so you can make money. And then buy the DVD sets, which are starting to be a thing now. Yeah. So I, uh, I don't uh. know, whatever. Um, my good thing, though, is going back to this Council of um, Doom, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Zindi guys, uh, there's a, there's a Mantis-looking dude that looks just like Zorak. Yep. From uh, it's great. Space Ghost. He's just an, a walking upright grasshopper mantis type dude. Yep. Who might as well in, be insecty clicks like he doesn't he doesn't speak English. Yep. Might as well be standing behind a piano. Yep. Hattiesburg. Yeah. That was, that was what were you awesome. doing in Hattiesburg? Kicking it. Hmm. That's interesting. But it's it's a good design. And also yeah. the fish monster in, a, in an aquarium was a good design. Like, there oh, was... God, I love the fish. Mo- like, yeah, like uh, uh, Zorak shows up and I'm like, OK, that's pretty great. Like, yeah, nothing's going to be better it's than a, Zorak. It hasn't aged incredibly well, but I always give them a little slack there. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, no, that's fine. Like, it's, yeah. it's 2002 or whatever. Like, yeah. that's fine. But then the fucking, the eel man shows up floating around in his eel man aquarium. I'm like, okay, yeah. that's great. Yeah, I, and again, we've gone More on and on about this from day this one. Like, give us aliens that aren't just guys in rubber masks. And they did that, and it's great. Mm-hmm. But apparently, looking ahead from, from things listeners have said, from things that, 
that Mary Alpha's hinted at. We're not going to get those guys mostly. What we're going to yeah, get see, is the guys in the rubber masks mostly. Yeah, see, here's what really chaps my ass about this episode is that this episode starts with these weirdos, right? Like, like yeah, here's our the, premise. Nah, never mind. Like, even the non, like, CGI dudes, there's just the guys in makeup. And there's a couple of weirdo guys. There's, like, a well, bear a guy, dude. And, yeah, he looks kind of like a Tellarite, but with a smoother face or something. Like, this is pretty elaborate. That one's pretty good. But, like, who is the Zindi that we spend the entire episode with? Who's the Zindi that uh, Archer finds in the mine and has to, like, hang out with and have an adventure with? Who's that Zindi? I'll give you a hint. It's the guy with the least amount of fucking makeup ever. It's just some white dude with a bump on his forehead. Yeah, he's like a a dumpy-looking bald guy. Like He's like George Costanza. With a weird fucking voice, by the way. I I hadn't noticed that. Uh, Helping out uh, Captain Archer here. (laughs) Hi-ho. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just uh, trying to make sh- get out of this uh, mining planet, and uh, maybe I can help you uh, find out how to stop the Zindi. Also, I'm an awesome actor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, it, the thing is, again, so many of the pieces would have been a fun, goofy adventure. Yeah, but this is meant to be taken completely straight. There's almost no levity whatsoever. It's, it's all deadly serious. And it's so grim and gritty dark because of that. Grim. All the cool stuff is basically ruined. Yeah. And it just, we've been talking about this over and over again, but th- God, this show screams, not your dad's Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my dad didn't like Star Trek. So I, I was, you know, my dad the did. First That's of, why I'm here. I was the first of my line to enjoy Star Trek. So don't change it, please. <laughs> the thing is, I don't even mind if they change it, but, I don't like this. Also, Here's the other thing, I liked my dad's Star Trek. Fair enough. I've liked a lot of Star Trek. Uh huh. But you know, I don't care for the. The thing is, people have written in and 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 gone on and on about how Discovery is just not Star Trek. It's too mm-hmm. dark. I I think this is darker than. Oh yeah. What what Discovery's done so far? Granted, well, they've the only stuff had ten episodes or whatever. But that, I mean, know. yeah. But there's especially in the next episode, like. Archer crosses some lines that, yeah, you know, in Discovery, and, the captain does the same, but everyone thinks it's bad. Yeah. Here, like, everyone approves of it. Like, you know, get into this briefly, but like the shit Lorca pulls in Discovery isn't supposed to be good. It, no, he's not a sympathetic be... character and Michael's the hero and yeah. she doesn't approve of it. I've seen all these articles and shit where it's like the stuff he pulled, like he's a, this is completely out of line for what a uh, Star Trek captain's belief should be. Yeah. Yes. That's, That's the, the point. point. Yeah. We're we're on the fucking um the, we're on uh Matt Decker's ship 5 minutes before the Doomsday Machine starts. Yeah. Like, that's the whole point. There's precedent going all the way back to the original series for Starfleet captains going crazy, but we're never meant to sympathize with them. And Archer is supposed to be our hero, and yeah. we don't really see that what he's doing is bad. No. That's what makes it wrong. Everyone just sort of like, well, you shouldn't do that, but desperate times, I guess. Shrug. Yeah. Yep. It's like when, uh, it's, it's like watching fucking, uh, uh, 24 shove a towel down a terrorist's neck. Oh, I'm, I guarantee, like, I only watched a tiny bit of 24, but I guarantee they were, uh, they were taking some inspiration from that. Oh, yeah. So there's that. <sighs> like, this was the time, man, like, uh, your fucking, your heroes were, they had to do the stuff that people couldn't do anymore. Yeah. Which, you know. That's, <sighs> Yeah. I don't like to get too political on this show, but I think uh, I think I can speak for both of us when we say we are anti-torture. Uh, yeah. Um, but we'll, again, we'll get into that more in the second episode. Is there anything mm-hmm. about this one? Because we could just jump to the... Uh, let's just make sure we hit all our, our main points here. The thing is, with this being a continuing thing, we ran into this in DS9 as well. Like, when we mm-hmm. get episodes that sort of bleed into each other, it's going to be hard to say, okay, episode one, then episode two, because a lot of stuff kind of... Like, it's hard to remember. Yeah. They all kind of flow into each other. And I don't dislike that. I like that we're trying a, a continuing story. I don't like the story they're telling. Yeah. But I like that they're doing that. Well, it seems very slow. Like, you know. Well, we, if it's we meant en- to go over a whole season, that's all right. Yeah. But I mean, like, we ended season two with, like, we're going to go kick the Zindi's ass. And we start season three with, Who's the where the Z- fuck are the Zindi? Has anyone seen the Joker? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very much. Does anyone know what a Zindi is? We know nothing. We had to uh-huh. go right away, but we don't know what we're doing. Hey, Smoothie, come here. Tell me about where the Zindi might be. Uh, I saw some over there. I think, uh, please don't beat me up. Uh, that guy stole my finger. <laughs> he did steal his finger. A little box. He's like, you want a you wanna DNA sample so you can figure out what a Zindi is? Uh, here you go. Here's a guy's finger. How the you hell did toe? this happen? Uh, it, it, he tripped. M- mining accident. 
This was no mining accident. <laughs> you want a toe? Oh, I can get accident. you a toe. It was perfectly cut off and fell into this wood box that you apparently keep for putting fingers in. It's uh, got a yes. It's got a special form-fitting uh, piece of foam made especially for this finger. Yes, Captain Archer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything else? Uh, no. Uh, you want my quote? Uh, yeah. What do you got? The only funny line of the entire episode. Any volatile material in those containers? I would have known by now. That's pretty good. I actually, I found one as well that would have been mine if this was my, uh, my episode, which is when Flox is trying to convince T'Pol, uh, to, to do that, uh, stupid massage thing with Trip, And mm. she says, I doubt the commander would have the patience. Like, yeah. She very clearly says, that guy's an idiot, and I can't get him to sit still for 30 seconds. <laughs> I always enjoy T'Pol's, like, like muted um, insults, particularly about Trip. I doubt, right? I doubt he'll benefit from the, from the, from Vulcan Massage. It contains no comic books or video games. <laughs> you guys talk about comic books and video games? He's basically, I just recently rewatched uh, Parks and Rec, which is still one of my all-time favorite shows. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and he's, he's basically Andy Dwyer. Oh, yeah. Captain, can I get two candies? Oh, my God. Can we just, like, uh... Fucking trip as uh, Johnny Karate. Oh yeah, of course. Would make me so happy. Except this season, he's uh, Burt Macklin. Yeah, that's fine. Macklin, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, you got an alternate title? Uh, yeah, this one's called "How Flocks Forced Trip to Get His Groove Back." Yeah, that's about right. Uh -huh. I went with Archer Goes to Prison, Chapter XXVIII, in which Archer goes to prison for the XXVIIth time. <laughs> <sighs> Just stop with the prison. That dude goes to prison more often than the guys in prison break go to prison, and they went to prison every week. Yeah, that was the whole premise of the show, I think. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, moving on to an episode called Anomaly. Hey, I'm bound to love this one. Oh, yeah, right there in the title. An anomaly, uh, you say. Okay, let me summarize this for you. Archer goes to prison. Wait, no. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm just going to I'm just gonna start every summary with that now. Uh, Enterprise enter prizes an area of the expanse filled with anomalies like in the title of this episode and like the Vulcans already warned them about so naturally everyone's surprised when weird shit starts happening Porthos barks for no reason corridors are shot with a weird wibbly wobbly fisheye lens womp womp Archer can't control his cup it's a spooky time in the old space cloud tonight after about three months of this depicted completely in real time they are attacked by some melty faced aliens called the Osarians the Osarians steal a bunch of vital stuff from Enterprise, effectively stranding them in unexplored space, just like in that other show we watched. And, just like in that other show we watched, this danger will not last until the end of the episode, because why would we give even a deliberately serialized story any long-term stakes at all? While Archer threatens to torture an Osarian they captured, Enterprise explores a mysterious metal ball where they find most of their stolen stuff. Then Archer delivers on his torture threats, because why the fuck not? The guy's already a petulant, xenophobic, entitled whiner with daddy issues. Why not also make him a torturer? Fortunately, the show remembers what Star Trek is truly about, and therefore the torture actually works. And Archer gets the information he wanted out of the Osarian. He tracks down their ship and nearly vendetta murders them like any good Star Trek character would. Because if there's one thing I know about Star Trek, it's that everything was heroic and optimistic and hopeful until Discovery came along. The episode ends with Archer looking over a database on the Zindi that he stole and rubbing his hands together while cackling madly. Yep, this all checks out. <sighs> mm -hmm. it, just it, the descent, you know? Like, we started no, the show no not liking him. <laughs> there's no descent. He just flipped a switch. <sighs> a descent implies a gradual, like, changing. <laughs> and he just one day decided torture was okay. And, mm -hmm. okay, in Battlestar Galactica this happened? And that's what the whole show was about, was yeah. can these people live with themselves for making these horrible decisions? I don't think Enterprise is that nuanced that they're going to do that. No. I could be wrong. This is not going to end with Archer looking back and going, this was all wrong. Why don't I, I was I was wrong to do any of this. Like, fucking. Ugh. But Battlestar did this great thing where you got to know them and then you saw them do the horrible things and you're like, well, that might be harsh, but it might be the only way to solve this problem. And then you look back and say, wow. I thought that was okay, and he thought that was okay. That's not okay. Like, it got you to examine your, your prejudices. Yeah, no. This show is and not you that saw good. The, and you saw the toll it took on the characters, too. Yes. Like, that shit affected, like, uh, yeah. the char those characters. And all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. But this show is not that show. No. 
that like this show that show got the good the good that show got the good trek writer yeah but it doesn't have the nuance and the forethought to to lay the groundwork and then pay it off later i don't think i mean we no, it's seen just it like yet, torture but... that's what cool that's what cool action heroes do well the thing is torture doesn't work like no it's been proven you, not to work. Yeah. People will tell you whatever you they think you want to hear so that you will stop torturing them. And in this, it worked great. So mm-hmm. the lesson Archer learned was more torture gets us what mm-hmm. we want. This is going to save a lot of time in the future. I'm not, I, fuck diplomacy. I'm just going to torture everybody. And okay, so. I wonder if I could torture that meddling Vulcan guy who was always bugging me. <laughs> May, and maybe it's the story of how Starfleet learns that we shouldn't torture people, just like we haven't learned about the Prime Directive yet, but... That sounds very much like uh, the the when Superman killed that guy and Zack Snyder's thing was like, well, he has to learn that murder is bad. Really? Because I thought the whole thing about Superman was he was raised by good people and always knew what the right thing to do was. Nope. Nope. Sometimes you just need to sometimes you just need to murder somebody. Just like sometimes you got to torture somebody. I guess. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to find a, like a way. And again, maybe the story over the whole season is him realizing he's turned into a bad person, but I don't think the show's you, good enough to make that work. Yeah, if that happens, I will be shocked and impressed. Uh, the thing is, they're not going to do it very well. <laughs> I'm serious. It'd just like, be I, him at the end of the episode. Like, oh, that was probably not something I should have done. Oh, hey, that 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 maybe wasn't the best idea. It's just, And then I they thought- play that Curb Your Enthusiasm music. <laughs> I thought the whole point of bringing to Paul was so that she would stop them from being crazy over the top emotional assholes. Yeah, but like the only person that tr- like Malcolm sort of comes up is like, mm, maybe you shouldn't do that. But like, let's be real here. The only person more into torturing people who are against the Federation would be Malcolm. I don't know that he'd be a torture guy. Eh. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Enough I could, about it. I can see that real easy. But I could also see making him principled and saying, yes, I'm a security guy, and yes, I'll fire if someone fires at us, but I draw a line somewhere. Like, that would also not be completely out of character. Yeah, I'm not seeing that one. Okay, that's fair. The thing is, you'll, you'll agree to this, we don't know much about him. Like, no, he's kind of a creep, but as far as his working ethic, we don't know much about, like, we've said this before, there's so many characters on the show, week to week, they'll react however the story needs them to, and it's like, mm-hmm. is that in character? Oh. Yeah, like these characters are not very consistent. Yeah, like I mean, so that's maybe. another that's another fucking flaw of this show. It's season three, and we don't know shit about Malcolm. We don't know shit about anybody, really. Like we watched two episodes. Um, can you do you know what uh, Hoshi or Travis were up to? The uh, two two actual main characters in the credits of this show. I will say, they didn't have a lot of lines. They didn't have much to do in the actual story, but. They did it. the the uh, the writers and the the director did a good job of showing that these guys are busy and are contributing to what's going on right now. Like I mm-hmm. actually noticed that and took it down in my notes. Like, like we see, like Hoshi's a big part of this because they're in unexplored territory. They're they're looking at a bunch of different languages they've never seen before. And Travis had to actually do some good piloting stuff. Like, yeah, character wise, they're doing nothing, but job wise, they are contributing to the mission. And I kind of liked that. I, I'm All always right. a sucker for the entire crew has to pitch in to make a mission work. Mm-hmm. All right, but, I'll take it. But character-wise, no, we learned zip about them. You're right about that. You're absolutely Ugh. right about that. Like, again, it's season three, guys. Yeah, I don't know what's going on inside Hoshi's mind apart from she used to be scared and now she's less scared. Yeah. And that came across in her first episode. Like, nothing has changed. And I mean, that'd be a good point to get back. We're going into weird, unexplored space where the space is actively changing the ship. Yeah. Like, you know, Which, that could be a whole like, well, this was a weird thing I didn't really sign up for. Well, the whole point of this to me, and this is a fundamental difference between my philosophy and the way Berman and his guys write episodes, is the story is not about the anomalies. It's not about the weird shit in space. It's about the way the characters react to that mm-hmm. stuff. And so rarely do we get an episode where uh, that's what happens. Like. I don't give a fuck about whirly space cloud number 86. What I care is how it affects the captain or what it does to the first officer or whatever, you know, like the people reacting to it. And that's, that's very, there's none of that here. Yeah. Yeah. I will say this is my good Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. I found most of the episodes super boring. That's my good thing. No. um, (laughs) Wow. We're really reaching to this point, like struggling to sit still and pay attention. Boring. It was was Mm. real, real bad. Oh, it was rough, man. Like, I was I was out of town at at a friend's house, spent a couple of days hanging out uh, out of town, and um, 
everyone had left because no one wanted to sit and watch Enterprise with me. So they went off and did something else. I mean, who would like, and I'm just like in this person's kitchen, like, Hmm, wonder where they keep the plates. Wonder where they keep the silver. Oh, that's not where I put mine. Like, that's what I was doing instead of watching the episode. <laughs> that's how exciting I now, like, do, now do they put the garbage underneath the sink like I do? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, their recycling goes here. I, that's not how I do it, but that's an interesting. Maybe we'll do that way at home now. Like Take that. it back and you're like, hey, I've, re- I've, re- uh, I've reorganized your entire kitchen. I think you'll find it much more efficient now. <laughs> I just, uh, I like, I, it was, the episode was on, but I was across the room because I was so super bored. Yeah, no, it's rough, man. But, but, okay, but this was my good thing. Um, when we got to the mysterious metal ball part, I was actually kind of interested. It was, it, it reminded me a bit of the Dyson Sphere in the Scotty yeah, episode. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, I, uh, But it was different enough that it wasn't, like, the same. It was, mm-hmm. like, oh, and, I, like, I'm a sucker for an ancient alien artifact of the technology we've never seen before. That's, that's pretty interesting for probably five minutes, I guess. Mm-hmm. And... We were in an anomaly, and I really thought we were going to get that stock standard, everything's crazy, and everyone acts out of character for 45 minutes and goes back to normal. And to its credit, the episode didn't do that. A lot of it was boring, but at least we moved away from the formula a little and went someplace kind of semi-new for a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, that That was good. It, there wasn't much. But there was that. Yeah. All right. That That's basically it. Yeah, that's, yeah. Ugh. What do you got? I liked Archer's being Archer being irritated by his floating coffee. <laughs> There's a scene right at the beginning where shit starts going wrong, which, by the way, is represented by a like you said, a weird fisheye lens thing that sort of moves through the ship like it's the monster from Evil Dead, like we've seen in 50 Voyager episodes and 25 uh, Enterprise episodes already. But I know I'm watching, by the way, and it goes over like li- the lights that are that are, like are on the floor next to the walkway, and I'm just like, shouldn't those pop or something instead of just like warping? But you know, fucking whatever. Yeah, whatever. But so gravity fucks up in Archer's uh, uh, quarters quarters, and his coffee just sort of spills and floats away. Mm-hmm. And he, he he looks at it like this is definitely a, a, a guy who's been around Star Trek for a while because he sort of looks at it and it's just like, Ugh. yeah. And then later he comes back to his quarters and it's still there. It's barely floated away at all. And he's again, it's just like, Ugh. and I'm just like. Isn't it? So, so you're uh, what you're reacting to is actually a good sort of half comedic reaction from Bakula. Yeah, basically. Yeah, like we've said, not a bad actor. <laughs> like just just being annoyed by the floating coffee you have to deal with. Just yeah, don't have time for that. this shit. No, we we saw a lot of that in Voyager actually, where people were just like, oh, some Star Trek shit's happening here. I guess it's a, it's a thing I re- I've always really enjoyed about Star Trek, where it's you know j- just the the blase reaction to weird shit happening because you live in Star Trek, a yeah. universe that is bizarre. Yeah, and this shit happens every week. And okay, maybe Captain Kirk will be like, what's going on here? But by this point, everyone. I mean, we're yeah. backwards, but you know what I mean. Mm. Just like ugh, fucking time travel again. Fine, whatever. Yeah. Time travel. Uh, what else? Uh, there was one of the, one of the space Marines was a woman. So that's something, at least that's a third cool, of our yeah. crew. I'll take that. <laughs> was it this one or the last one where someone finally died? I believe it was this one. Okay. Someone, and we talked about this too. Like if someone dies on the show, it should be a big deal. And uh, to their credit, they actually did make it kind of a big deal. And yeah, they, they talked did. about it. Yeah. People were mad. Like mm-hmm. that's why Archer ended up torturing that guy. <laughs> That's his excuse is that one of his guys died. All right. This is this is really what we should talk about. Cause yeah. It just it because basically the guy says, Oh, you humans are soft. You're weak. You're not gonna torture mm. me. Your th- your threats mean nothing. And he's like, Oh yeah, like that basically Yeah. Like goads him into doing it. Like, are you six? I'm legit like, so is this dude's power that if to- that torture makes him stronger or something? Is this like a don't throw me into the briar patch thing? <laughs> yep, apparently so. Fucking Archer, you don't have the balls to torture me. I'll show you. Yeah. Trip, bring me my torture stuff. Of course. I want to do it too. I love torture. Now. Because I'm torture man now. <laughs> Smack him with a catfish in the face. Ugh. Are you tortured yet? Fish slapping dance. <laughs> I ain't. I ain't real clear on how to do this. There was um there was a bit where because uh, uh, the anomaly fucks the ship up and Trip has to deliver this long speech about what's wrong and mm. I, I have this in my notes. There's a lot of things I like about Trip, but I think the dumb techno babble f- that every Star Trek engineer has to deliver is the least convincing from him than any other character in Star Trek history. 
I love the I like the idea of like he knows how all this shit works. Yeah. He could not tell you the name of any of it. Yeah. And like yeah, he's we've just made... like, well, I plugged the blinky thing into the other thing and that seemed to light up the other stuff, which made it work pretty well, I think. No, and we made our dumb joke about he thinks it's a boat, which is funny, but that really <laughs> is kind of how I see it. Not exactly that, but mm. he's just he's kind of a uh what do you call it? Like a savant. Yeah. Like he, there are people like that. There are people oh, who totally. are great with machines that ha- don't really have a lot of book learning, you know. Mm-hmm. And I get that, but uh, yeah, that's kind of. But but he still had to say all the you know, the EPS yeah, no, conduits the- have, have got to be realigned with the warp nacelle. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, no. The the only thing in there he he knows it should be nacelle, and that's because he's heard it a bunch of times. Oh, that's the thing that that sticks out of the ship. There's two of them. Mm-hmm. That's the propeller of the boat, <laughs> basically. It's got two of them because it's a space boat. Also, I know that I know that space boats are different than water boats or indeed land boats. Also, at one point, somebody takes their antimatter or their dilithium or whatever, and and Trip actually says, "We're out of gas." Like Trip, Trip, you you know it's not actual gas, right? It's very important to me that you know it's not actual gas. He's legit already putting on a spacesuit and getting like a big fucking pipe, so he's gonna go siphon it out of another ship. <laughs> yeah, basically. I'll be back in twenty minutes, Captain. You know that's not gonna work, right? Of course, it's gonna at- work. He's already gone. Yep. Uh, Off I go, Captain. Apparently. Cool. My, all right. My my bad thing was... Dumb as a bag of hammers, I swear to God. <laughs> my bad thing is... You remember that Voyager episode, The Void, where they were stuck in that area of space and nobody wanted to help each other and everyone just sort of preyed on each other? It was basically that episode mm-hmm. again. Only and, not as good. And we were already disappointed in that episode and this one was worse. Yeah. So... What was your bad thing? <sighs> Fucking, these space pirate costumes are rough. Like, these dudes look like they got fired from a Mad Max movie for looking too on the nose. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Like, it, 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 picture in your mind's eye, space pirates. Yeah. You nailed it. Mm-hmm. But not from Futurama, because those were sea pirates in space. Like, Yeah, know. which is great. Yeah, that's, that's way never, better than That's this. never not awesome. Like, Yeah, well, you know. Guy with a robot parrot on his shoulder, fuck yes. <laughs> I mean, also, it's funny, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but I want to see it in this. Uh, they're not got to take themselves seriously. Uh, also, the dude that they capture. So, like, he's basically, he basically, he's been fucked up by this area of space. Like, mm-hmm. he's got, like, a weird swoosh in mm-hmm. his face. Like, someone Nike'd him or something. Yeah, just do it. Which fucking looks terrible. Yeah, it doesn't look great. It just, like, and, and the other thing is. They make a big deal out of it, but they don't show it for, like, the, the big tent scene where he's talking to Archer. And he even, he's explaining to him, was like, this area of space changes you. And he touches his beautiful face like he's remembering how space swooped it on him. Yeah. But we don't show that side of his face. Like, you don't see his swoop. Yeah. I'm like, this dude isn't Dr. Doom. Just show his fucking face. Mm. I think I, I was probably looking at pots and pans at that point. I didn't notice that's fair. Just, oh, they got a no, the fridge got nice dispenser. That's fancy. I wish we had one of those. I've always wanted one of those. Crushed ice, water whenever I wanted. Yeah. God, what a beautiful age. Someday, someday, man. I, I saw a uh, an internet video where a cat figured out how to make that work. <laughs> just go what over a, and push it with its paw and drink the water. Uh, what a great cat. Yeah. Uh, there was so much action adventure in this, though. Like so this- much. Running around and shooting. and shooting so much yeah. shooting, yeah, and it was just boring. So but at boring. one point, Trip uh, tricks some guys into getting electrocuted. That was fun in a Home Alone sort of way. I think my favorite bit, and I pointed this out on social media earlier this week. I don't know if you saw this or not. Mm. There's a screen display where a bunch of numbers come up, and one of the numbers, no kidding, eight six seven five three zero nine. Yep, I that saw was, that. That was that was great. great. Yeah, that's that's about all there is. Mm-hmm. There's this so little. Just uh. <sighs> anything else? <laughs> My one big note is we've been burgled. <laughs> that is an inherently funny word, though. Burgled. Uh-huh. I just like <laughs> they stole our stuff. And th- the thing is, OK, if you got your season long plot, strand these guys with without all their stuff for a while. Or yeah, that's great. Make them have to invent new things like shit. They took our animator, which means we're going to have to come up with a workaround. What if this wrecked ship we found has an engine part we could use and we could trade this stuff with some mm-hmm. other guys and then sort of half invent something here? Like, that could be interesting. But no, we just took it back. Yeah. Just so dumb. 
just dumb. It's all dumb. Yeah, it's it's serialized, but in the like least way possible. I mean, that's you know, that's what I was expecting. This is pretty much exactly what I thought it would be. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Anything else? Uh, no. You got a uh, alternate title? I got nothing for this episode. Nothing fucking happened in this fucking episode. Nope. What's your alternate title? Uh, the Pirates Who Don't Do Anything. Yeah, that's pretty good. Mine was John Archer, Torture Dad! God. Exclamation point. Makes me sick, you know? Yeah. yeah this is this is our hero, though. Fuck off, Archer. Yeah. Uh, my, my quote, I, I couldn't mm. even find a human quote that I cared about, because, uh, well, Porthos does this. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm always a sucker for that beagle roo, so. That's a good dog. Yeah, he's a very good dog. He's a good boy. Yep. Uh, anyway, that's all for this time. Uh, next week, we will show you two more. Yep. Uh, Amanda will be joining us next time, so look forward oh, to Oh, excellent. That. Uh, got some exciting news on the front of, we mentioned this before, the uh, point-and-click adventure game that... Uh, oh, good, I'm glad you brought this up, yeah. ...that we were working on. Uh, January 19th. Yep. Is the official release date of The Adventures of Nick and Willigan's completely free comedic adventure game, uh, co-written by me and Matt, uh, directed yep. by me, programmed by a very good friend of mine. Um, will be out on, like I say, January 19th will be for PC and Mac. Uh, yep. Pinheadgames.com. Go there, download it. Uh, mobile versions hopefully will be along later. Uh, they will not be out January 19th, but we're working on it. So mm. that that's kind of hard, but we're trying. So that'll that'll be out soon. Please check it out. Um, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Excellent artwork by uh, by yeah. our friends uh, Fred Stressing and Meg Casey. Um, just so good. Uh, just, great voice acting. Uh, just, yeah. Just, you know, really good stuff. Um, as for Pa, we'll just keep chugging along through Enterprise, yep. and uh, we'll be here next week. Yep. Six months, guys. We can make this. We can I do swear. it. Yep. Say your thing. Uh, oh, right. Uh, see you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2018. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this.